Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 6. Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 6. I am wrapping up a series today. This is week 6 of healing of the healing series. The series is called Dr. Jesus. Why? Because we all have a primary physician and he lives uh, not only inside of our hearts, but he came and died on the cross for us and he took our sicknesses and took our diseases. This is Jesus. Do you know that whoever you look to first is who you depend upon? When you hit a problem, when you hit a trial, whoever you run to first is who you depend upon. Do you have a person that you run to? If you hit a situation and you get scared and you don't know what to do, who do you call first? Let me tell you, whoever you call first is who you really depend upon, right? Well, I want to tell you, Jesus is dependable. I believe people don't turn to Jesus because they don't believe he's dependable. I know they'd never say that, but they say, I've tried it before. It doesn't work. Uh, You know, I'm going to try the things that I know do work. And if I really run into a situation, then I'll run to Dr. Jesus, right? But let me tell you, he wants to run to him first. Let me tell you, before medication, before doctors, before the friend, before in every situation, run to the Lord first. Run to his word first. Find out what his will is first. Somebody say amen. 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 So we're wrapping up this series. And then I believe we're going to go into at least a week, maybe two weeks on God and politics. Oh, I don't want to speak on that because <laughs> I know as soon as I say something about politics, you know, some people are like, okay, so I'm going to talk about who Jesus would vote for, right? <laughs> One service, I'll say it's Trump. Next service, I'll say it's Biden, right? <laughs> and whatever service you get ticked off at, I know what service you came to, right? <laughs> but we're going to talk about God and politics. Can I tell you, politics are important to the Lord. They're not the most important. The kingdom of God is the most important. But I'll tell you, it's an important thing. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, either next week and the week after, but we'll at least be talking about it for for a week or two before the elections. I know that many of you have already voted. Let me just encourage you to vote. Vote. Amen. In fact, Lord, right now we pray for our elections. Come on, pray for them. Lord, we pray right now for your elections. We say your kingdom come, your will be done. As I pray hundreds of times, let righteousness prevail. In Jesus' name, let every satanic lie be exposed in the name of Jesus. Let the agendas of man be exposed in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that your your will would be done in our elections, and we thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we also pray that as we're voting, that you'd lead us by your Spirit. Come on, would you pray that? Would you lead us and guide us by the Holy Spirit to vote the way you want us to vote? And we thank you for it. Amen. And then I'll be starting a very important series coming up called Built to Last. I'm telling you, it may be one of the most important uh, uh, series or messages the Lord's been speaking to me about, about standing strong. It's not how important you rise. It's not how important uh, the, your popularity is or your fame is. It's how long you last. It's really what matters. It's how long you last, and that's what we're going to talk about. And then remember the discipleship. Uh, it starts tight uh, if you'll text uh, to sign up for that. Philippians. So I asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 6, but uh, hold on to that and let me read to you Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. It says, not that I have already attained 
or am already perfected. This is Paul the Apostle. Can I tell you, if he hasn't perfected, if he wasn't already attained, then uh, we haven't either, right? Okay. He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. Listen, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I want you to notice Jesus has laid hold of certain things, but he says, I want to lay hold of the things that he's already laid hold of, of me. Amen? For me. And so, Lord, I pray today, we commit ourselves today to lay hold of the things for which Christ has laid hold for us and of, Lord, for our lives. In Jesus' name, and we thank you. Open our eyes. Oh, we pray that religious filters would drop. Lord, we pray that sacred cows would drop and be exposed in the name of Jesus. Beliefs, Lord, that we believe that aren't of you. We pray, God, that, they, that our eyes would be opened to see purely your word. Holy Spirit, teacher of the church, teach us what you have to say today. And we thank you for it. We commit to it in the name of Jesus. And we all said amen. Hey, do you know whether you receive is not just about the preacher? It is about the preacher. But it's not just about the preacher. It's about the receiver too. If you're not in a position to receive, you won't receive. That's why you can walk out of a message and say, man, that was powerful. And somebody right next to you said that, I didn't get anything. Well, it was the getter, not the giver all the time. So in order to uh, receive, it's important to put our hearts in a posture to receive. If you don't believe that, then you have to remember where Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says, right? He wasn't talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. In fact, when he talked to the seven churches in, in the book of Revelation, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, pay attention here. It's not just how it's given. It's how it's heard. So make sure that you can hear the, the 10 spies. Remember the 10 spies went out to go spy out the land. Actually, the 12 spies went out to go spy out the land. And 10 spies come, came back and gave a bad report. Two spies came back and said, we're well able to take it. Did they see the same thing? They did. They just saw it different. They heard it different. And let me tell you, this morning, even as we're talking about healing, it's not just the way it's delivered. It's the way it's received. Make sure that you see it the way the Lord wants you to see it. Somebody say amen. So today I'm going to talk about holding on to your healing. Holding on to your healing. Holding on to your healing. Um, I want to, uh, he said that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Well, somebody, someone asked a question. In fact, someone asked me the question, can you lose your healing? Can you lose your healing? Well, um, yes, you can lose your healing. Now healing isn't lost. Jesus already paid for healing, but have you ever been out wakeboarding before? Have you ever been out water skiing before, right? And it's funny, you get and you're holding on, you're holding on to that line and you're going and they're taking you this way and they're and that person who, who uh, is controlling the boat, they better like you, right? Because if not, they're going to knock you off and they're going to let you let go of your healing. I'm just kidding. Let you let go of your balance so that you can't hold on anymore, right? And, uh, and I know that I, I've been out with water sports with my brothers and with my sons, and they're always characters. They're always trying to knock someone off, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, a, of course, after they stand for a little bit and get that pride and feel, feel good about it, and then they're like, oh, you think you're good? <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> and they take you off. You know, that's the way it is about losing healing, that you can hold on to the things of God and walk in the promises of God and walk in things, but Satan is going to try to manipulate the wind and the waves and the different things. Remember Peter, that Peter said, Lord, just say the word, 
right? If you just say the word, I'll step out of the boat and get onto the water. In fact, it was, it was kind of an example of wakeboarding. <laughs> it wasn't, but I'm saying he was out there on the water and he was going. And what happened? The wind and the waves started going. And what, what did he do? He lost his ability to walk on the water. Now, let me ask you, if the wind and the waves were perfect, could he have walked on the water? I said, if the wind and the waves were just calm, could he have walked on the water? No. In other words, his ability to walk on the water had nothing to do with the wind and the waves. Sometimes things will come to challenge you and to fight against you and they'll speak to you. It has nothing, those challenges have nothing to do with it. But sometimes your eyes get on those challenges and on those things and you begin to lose your focus. You get your eyes off Jesus. You get your eyes off his word and get your eyes onto the circumstances and you're trying to figure things out. What about this? How do I do this? What about this? Just shut up. I shouldn't say that in church, right? Unless it's applicable. Just shut up, right? Just be quiet with all those thoughts and get your eyes and your mind on the words of the Lord, on Jesus. So can you lose your healing? Well, healing can be lost. Healing wasn't lost, but you can let go of it. Let me just say that. You can let go of the things that Christ has already possessed for you. You can let go of it. So I'm going to give you three points on how to hold on to your healing. And the three points are this. I'll just give them to you up front. They have the three words understand, have the words believe, have the words hold on. Okay, understand, believe, and hold on. Number one is understand. You have to understand what the word of God says. That's what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. You have to understand what the word of God says. Matthew chapter eight, verse 17, write these scriptures down. If you don't write anything else down, write these down. Matthew chapter eight, verse 17. The Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Would you say that with me? He himself said took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, he was quoting, obviously, from Isaiah, because he said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. See, it was, that was written in Hebrew. The other was written in Greek. And it was referring back to what was written before prophetically about Jesus and his ministry, that he came and took physical healing. Some people would, would uh, even go so far as to say that what Isaiah uh, 53 says, by his stripes were healed, it's, that's talking about spiritual healing. Well, it's not. It's talking about physical healing because the Holy Spirit pointed out through Matthew here that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And it, it just said that he healed people here in the book of Matthew. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, Isaiah 53, verse 4, and you'll see in some of the Hebrew or some of the different translations, literally those words griefs and sorrows. In fact, in the BBE translation, it says, but it was our pain he took and our diseases were put upon him. Notice our pain and our diseases were put upon Jesus. In the HCSB, uh, the homeless says, uh, yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. Well, let me tell you today, if he bore my sickness and carried my pains, then what am I bearing? Huh? If he took them, then we don't have to. If he already paid the price, then we don't have to. The only reason why we do is because we're deceived to think that he didn't take them or he wants us to take them too, pay a double price. But let me tell you, you would never think that way towards sin. Nobody would think with sin, well, you know, he already took the punishment of sin, but I'm going to take it too, you know, because 
I just feel bad. Well, you may do it for yourself, but let me tell you, it's not going to help you. Same thing with sickness. He already bore your sickness, already carried your diseases. Someone says, well, when we all get to heaven, we're going to be healed. Well, that's not true. We won't need healing. We're going to have a new body. You can't get healed in heaven. You can't go to heaven and get healed. You're, 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 you have a new body. You're already well. Your, your new body's not going to get sick in heaven. Healing is for today. Healing is for your physical body on earth right now. Healing's for right now. In fact, um, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, By whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. Well, what part of you is healed? Well, your spirit can't get healed. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's reborn. You can't, what, what do you have to be healed about? You're reborn. You ever try to go get used car parts for a new car? Huh? You buy a brand new car, and then you just say, you know, I'm going to order some used parts to put on this. Well, you don't need to. They're, they're all brand new. They all work, right? They're all, when you're new in Christ, your spirit doesn't need to get healed. But your body and your mind and, and other parts of you need healing. That's why when Jesus died for you, he died for you so that your spirit would be born again. But he also took sickness and pain and disease on the cross so that our bodies can be healed. Somebody say amen. So number one, understand what the word of God says about that. Number two, number two, believe. Somebody say believe. Now, let me say this. Believe in your heart. Write that down. Believe in your heart. I didn't say in your head. I didn't say in your body. I said believe in your heart. God heals you physically, but through your human spirit. Listen, God heals you physically, but it comes through your human spirit. It come, Anything we receive from God, we receive spiritually, and then it manifests physically. I think there's a lot of people who uh, misunderstand healing because they're trying to receive from God physically, physical healing. You receive spiritually, you receive healing into your heart through your human spirit. It's called faith. It's believing what the Bible says. You can't believe with your head. In fact, when, uh, when you try to quit trying to get it with your mind and start believing it with your heart, you'll get it. I said, when you tr quit trying to believe it with your, if you tr quit trying to receive it in your mind and receive it in your heart, you'll get it. You can't catch the things of God. How do you catch the things of God? Even with salvation, how do you catch that in your mind? How do you catch that in your mind? And that's why people don't get it because they're not receiving it in their hearts. It hasn't been opened up to them. They don't see it in their hearts. When you quit trying to get it with your mind and believe it in your heart, you'll get it. Remember Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You believe with your heart. Mark eleven twenty three. he says, uh, whoever says this mountain be thou removed and does not doubt in his heart. See, you believe, you receive things from God. Faith works in the spirit. It doesn't work in your head. Right? You can, in fact, receive things spiritually because you believe them in your heart and your head's doubting like a big dog. Anybody know what I mean? You're sitting, you're, you're saying, I don't know how the heck it works, <laughs> but I know it on the inside. I know God's word is true. Somebody say amen. And that's why it's hard to receive healing because you can't process it all up here. But you have to process it. God speaks to you. He, God is spirit. And the part of you that's born again is spirit. Spirit. 
So the way God speaks to you is spirit to spirit. The way you worship God is spirit to spirit. The freedom is spirit to spirit. And what what does it do? It affects everything else. It affects it, but you have to receive. God contacts you through your spirit, not through your mind, not through your body. I know people are looking for a Holy Ghost goosebump to see if they're healed. Nope. I don't care if you got a Holy Ghost goosebump. Do you believe you're healed? Amen. He is spirit. You are spirit. Now listen, when man heals, man heals through the mind. Man heals through the body. Man will, and, and listen, we're four doctors. We're four, everybody in the medical field. We have doctors and medical uh, professionals here in this church, and we're all on the same team. We're all trying to get well and get healed. There's nothing against that. But man works on the physical body. Man works on the mind. But let me tell you, Jesus works spirit to spirit. He works in your heart, and it will affect your physical body. It will affect you. When man heals, he does it through the mind um, of physical senses, the five physical senses a lot of times. But God heals you through your spirit. If you want to see how God works, listen, some people say, well, I want to see how how the Lord works. If you want to see how the Lord works, you have to look back at Jesus' life. See how it worked in Jesus' life. See how it worked in the Gospels, in the Bible. In fact, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it says that Jesus was the brightness of his, of God's glory, and the express image of God's person, which means if you want to know how God works, you have to look how Jesus worked. If you want to know how God feels and God operates and God uh, acts in situations, you have to look at how Jesus did. You remember Jesus would walk into places and heal people deliver people. In fact, his ministry was a threefold ministry. He'd preach, he'd teach, and he'd heal. He'd preach, he'd teach, and he'd heal. And Jesus was always, always, when someone came up to him, remember, and he said, if you're willing, you can be made well. And he didn't go into some big commentary. He just went and said, I'm willing, be healed. See, Jesus is more convinced about your healing than you are. So what do we do? We have to think the way that he thinks. We have to look back at the person of Jesus and see what he believes. Well, if you want to hear from, if you want to hear God talk, listen to how Jesus talked. Why? He's the express image. He's the display of God on earth. He was God, but on earth, he is God, right? In John chapter 14, verse nine, Jesus said to him, have I, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus in his ministry is the will of God in action. If you don't believe anything else, just look at the ministry and life of Jesus. Jesus in his ministry is the will of God in action. And notice that he still encouraged people to believe. Some people say, well, you don't have to believe. You just have to, you know, just trust that Jesus is going to believe or that the people are going to believe. Then why did Jesus constantly go around and say, your faith has made you well, and, and you need to believe. And how long have I been with you? He's encouraging them to believe. And can I tell you, he's still encouraging us to believe. It has to do with our faith as well. Not just what he did, but what we do as well. Do you remember the man who had a demon-possessed son? Could you imagine have a demon-possessed son? <laughs> Somebody say, I have one. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, a man came. That was a joke. Okay, so a man came up. He had a demon-possessed son in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, listen, if you can believe, 
All things are possible to him who believes. Well, if it didn't have to do with the man's faith, why did Jesus say that? I think Jesus would still say that, if you can believe. Come on, say it with me. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, did, did Jesus say all things are possible? No. He said all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to them, him who believes. Come on, say that scripture with me. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus worked on the man's believing. Jesus worked through the man's believing. So the man had to step up and be convinced that Jesus was going to heal him as well. All things are possible. Man was going to del- uh, Jesus was going to del- deliver this man's son. Psalm 107, 20. It says that he sent his word, God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Notice he sent the word, the word came first and healed them. Well, in the Old Testament, uh, the word that he sent was the Old Covenant. It was spoken by the prophets. It was, uh, it, it was sent through, uh, th- through the prophets of old. But in the New Testament, the word of God is known as Jesus. He sent his word, Jesus, in John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made through Him, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Listen, He sent His Word. He sent Jesus to heal us. Jesus is our healer. I said, Jesus is our healer. That's why we call Him Dr. Jesus. Come on, somebody say, Jesus is my healer. He's the God who heals us. From what? From everything. He's our healer. In God's eyes, you're healed. Number three. So what's number one? Number one, we said understand. You have to understand what the word of God says. Number two, believe in your heart. My last point, number three, you have to hold on to what you believe. You have to hold on to what you believe. This is where the rubber meets the road. If it was easy, everybody would get it. I said, but this is where the rubber meets the road. You have to hold on to what you believe. You have to hold on when the storms come. What do you do when symptoms begin to come back to you? What do you do when you've gotten healed and all of a sudden you get the symptoms? What do you do with addictions when you're healed from something and all of a sudden you get some of the things that come back, the memories, the thoughts, the things that come back? What do you do with those things? Did it not work? No, you have to believe. Where do you receive? You receive on the inside, right? Luke chapter 6, verse 49, Jesus talked about it. And I'm just going to go right here at the end of this passage. You can go back and read it all. But you remember a wise man built his house upon the rock and the other. But it says here in verse 49, Luke 6, 49. But he who heard and did nothing. Listen, he who heard and did nothing, did nothing with his faith. Yeah, he heard it, but he didn't do anything. He is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. Any builders would know if you try to just go take a, a house or, uh, or, or a, 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 some type of complex or some type of building and you say, I'm going to save time. I'm just going to go build on the dirt. You know, it may stand up until it rains. It may stand up until there's wind. That's why there's a lot of believers who side by side, they look the same as another believer. Wind will test you. Storms will test you. Life will test you. When the stuff hits the fan, it will test you. See, you're only tested on what your life is standing on. And if you're doing the foundational work, you're only tested when the storm set. Otherwise, everybody looks the same. That's why sometimes you look and go, what happened to sister so-and-so? What happened to brother and so They were the strongest person. Well, they were until the storm set. 
It's the, it's the person knew how to build a, a big house and a good house and a strong house, but they didn't build the foundational things. And what are the foundational things? Well, whoever comes to me, hears the word of God, hears my sayings and does them. He's like a man, uh, or he said, and, and, and does nothing with them. He's like the man who built on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin that house was great. Notice the, uh, you hit a storm and you had no foundation and it fell. Let me tell you what happens when you're holding on to something like you're healing and all of a sudden you start getting symptoms. What happens when Jesus says, walk on the water and all of a sudden the wind and the waves come because they will. I think it comes back and tests. Did you believe with your heart? Are you holding on to it on the inside? Are you believing that God's still true? It's not that you're saying that you don't say you're sick. No, I'm, I'm not saying that you're not dealing with the symptoms of sickness. You're dealing with the right that they have to stay there. It's not that you're dealing, not dealing with temptation, right? Jesus was tempted, right? And what did he do? He spoke the word of God. He didn't say, man, I'm hungry. Turn, turn it into bread. Man, that bread looks good. It's unleavened bread. I've been eating leavened bread too. Man, I've been eating unleavened bread. That's some bread. Leavened bread it looks big. No, he didn't start speaking. That's what we do. We get in the middle of something, we start speaking it, saying it, instead of speaking the word of God, instead of holding on to the word of God, right? Because it's our, it's, our, it's our heart that pulls us through those situations. So what do you do when symptoms begin to return? Well, you hit a storm, you, you hold on to your faith. You hold on to what you believe. You hold on that those things have the right to stay in your body and on your body. You have to get to know the Lord through his word. Listen, it, it affects every part of our lives. You have to get to know the Lord through his word. You have to say, what did Jesus say? What does the word say? What does the Bible say? Smith Wigglesworth, one of the most powerful evangelists that we know in modern history, Smith Wigglesworth said this, I can't understand God with my feelings. I can't understand Jesus Christ by my feelings. I understand God by what the word says about him. He is everything the word says he is. Get to know the Lord through the word. See, here's what's going to happen. You can mentally assent. There's a difference between mental assent and faith. Faith is in your heart. Mental assent is in your head. You can grab on and grasp on to the principles of the word of God, but then when the storms hit, you have no foundation of faith to stand upon. That's why it's important to believe and get the foundation that I don't care. The, in fact, Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not, gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What is he saying? He's saying, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. When something's been revealed in your spirit, that's Jesus, our healer has been revealed in your spirit. All, everything could break out, but it can't prevail against what you believe, right? Someone says, but what if you die? I'd rather die sick believing than die out of faith and get to heaven and go, well, I guess I just got to heaven. And uh, praise the Lord, I'm here. You know, either way you win. Somebody say amen. Either way you win, right? But I'd, ra I'd rather die and the Lord says, you believe too much. You just believe me too much. You just took that thing way too seriously. Then to die and not, and have this doubt in my heart that God would ever do it. I'd rather have more faith in my father, but I don't think I can outfaith his faith. 
I don't think I can outbelieve his believing. So, what do you do? Number three, hold on to what you believe. Healing may be tested. In fact, healing will probably be tested. But what are you going to do to anchor? What are you going to be anchored to on the inside? Believe. That is what will make you stand. Now, I want to remind you of one thing as we close here. Now, would you come up? Um, and, and I want to I I pray for you before we leave. But I want to remind you that Peter walked with Jesus for three years. He was doing pretty good. I mean, Peter had a big mouth, but he was doing pretty amazing. And uh, he was walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, left his business, left all the things he was doing. But Jesus said this to him in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. It says, the Lord said to him, Simon, Simon. No, he came back and he said, Simon. Remember, he said, you're, you're Simon, but now you're Peter. He came back and he said, Simon, Simon. You know, I think one of the things he's saying is you're thinking the way you used to think, depending on yourself, trying to pull yourself through on your own. Simon, Simon, listen. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat that he may pick you apart. Satan knows your weaknesses. Satan knows what you really believe. Satan knows what you're going through. And let me tell you what he wants to do. If you've ever seen wheat sifted, they take it, they'll throw it in there and they'll sift it. Everything that's supposed to be there will stay up and everything else drops out. Satan's trying to sift you like wheat, get you to doubt the word of the Lord, get you to doubt what God really believes and how much God really loves you. He says, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as we notice, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. He's trying to pick you apart with your head, but I'm praying for your heart. He's trying to pick you apart with your thoughts, but I'm praying for your heart. He said that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned to me, notice this is where Jesus' faith was. And when you've returned to me, Peter, you're coming back. He's not going to get you. Peter, you're going to come back around. I believe in you. I'm praying for you. Somebody's doing that for someone in their family right now. Somebody's doing that for someone that really needs help. And you need to stop and pray. Not that their thoughts, not I pray they'd think straight. It's true. It'll help them to think straight. But pray that they'd believe straight. Pray that God would move upon their heart and open their eyes. Pray that their faith would not fail so that they can come back around. And here's what he said in faith to Peter. When you've returned to me, strengthen your brother. And what is he saying? He's saying, you're still called to ministry. You're still called to the things that I've called you to. Peter, Satan asked, Satan's asked for you, but it's not all over. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. I'm right with you. I believe in you. Your faith's going to stand strong. And I want to pray for you this morning. As we close this series, I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask you uh, to pray about three things. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I want you to pray and commi- uh, uh, that you would understand the word of God concerning healing. Come on, just pray right now. Lord, would you open my eyes? Pray with me, Lord, would you open my eyes to to see what you see about healing, about redemption, I pray. Number two, God, would you help me to believe your word over my circumstances? Come on, just commit to him. Say, God, I believe your word over circumstances. I believe your word over the wind and the waves. I believe your word even over symptoms, over other people's words. And Lord, I protect my heart. Keep myself from what other people say. And number three, Lord, I'm gonna hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to choose your word over over everything else, Lord. 
I'm going to choose your word. Some people might, God may be stirring your heart about starting discipleship next week and say, yeah, yeah, that's you. You've been praying about it, but here you go. You need to start, jump, jump in, go for it. Uh, get your heart grounded on the word of God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.